Well, good morning, everyone. I had to fix this stand because it was made for a very tall man. <laughs> and I'm just not quite tapping up that high yet. Um, guys, uh, really glad that everyone's here today with us today. Um, you know, my name is Jeep Underwood. I'm the campus pastor here. And if uh, this is your first time with us, just want to say welcome. Just really glad you're here. And today we're going to be continuing a series called The Proven Playbook. Um, we've been we've been focusing on the core relational values uh, that we strive to practice here at Church in the Value. They're they're basically just spiritual uh, scriptural principles that apply to all of our our lives and in every arena of our life. And these practices they're really they're really like trusted plays that we go to over and over again, and we just roll these plays. They're really putting God's word into practice, which is just like football teams with their proven playbooks that. They have these trusted plays that they go to again and again that really continually bring them success. Um, the trusted plays here, we call them the hard attitudes, but basically because it's, it's really the attitudes that we adopt as we decide how we're going to treat other people. And that's really what's behind the, calling them the hard attitudes. So we're going to be, we'll be looking at one of those this morning, but you know, in sports, when you're running your trusted plays, uh, from the playbook, it can really lead to success and even unlikely comebacks. Like, if you just stay at it and you don't give up, you can really come to an unlikely comeback. I remember watching, uh, a couple years ago, we were watching the Super Bowl over at my house. Uh, we like having, you know, this is the Falcons and the Patriots. So, if you're a Falcons fan, I do apologize right up front. But, uh, but, you know, we, we love having, uh, Super Bowl parties at our house. <laughs> There's some Falcons fans right down here. Um, so, I, I do. Hear this in the kindness of my heart. It's just a fun story. So, um, so you know what? My 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 son is a real Patriots fan, uh, Patrick, and so we were just kind of clued into the Patriots, and it's kind of exciting. They were in the Super Bowl that year, and and then uh, we uh, Super Bowl parties. We have a lot of fun. We have a chili cook-off. We just have a lot of fun. About the fourth quarter, you go into a food coma, but it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, this time because of how the Patriots were doing. Uh, it got uh, it got to be a little somber about the middle of the third quarter. Uh, they were down like twenty eight to three, which no one's ever come back from a deficit of more than ten points in the Super Bowl. So it was kind of like the death knell, you know, someone's for whom the bell tolls. Someone's bringing the bell, um, and you know there were the people that were there and the party that were for the Patriots were getting you know they're just kind of bummed out, and then the people were there that were for the Falcons were being very kind. <laughs> and so they were being quiet. And so the whole party just kind of got quiet. And, uh, you know, Super Bowls aren't as much fun when it's a blowout. And so, anyway, right at the lowest point, the Patriots, they're down. Uh, they've got this on fourth down, three yards to go. They're on their 46-yard, their own 46-yard line. They're down 28 points to three. And there's six minutes left in the third quarter. And I, honestly, I'm just thinking, well... Maybe I'll give Patrick an ice cream or something because there's nothing good going to happen here in the living room. And, uh, you know, did they, you know, did they give up? They're at this, they're like behind it. Do they give up? They didn't. And what they did instead is they just began just playing trusted plays. And they began just staying in the game and really trying to make it happen. First thing is Tom Brady throws it to Amandala for the first down. And that started five consecutive, uh, uh, scoring drives down the field. Two of them were touchdowns and then two two two-point conversions. So it's like everything that had to happen was happening as they were just trying as hard as they could. And then 
right at the end, right at the, when the regulation time was over, they tied the game, 28-28. Just blew everyone away. And then they went into overtime. And then it's all the old toss. So the coin toss, they get that, they get the possession of the ball. And in five straight passes, they move down the field, they get into the red zone. So what I want us to do, let's, uh, again, for those who, who love the Falcons, please, uh, just know that I, I feel for you. Um, but watch this, watch this clip. Brady's able to hang on to it and again makes a good throw. Yes. Take it to Hogan, flip it to White, looking for blocks. Getting blocks inside the 20, out of bounds at the 15. On first down. Here's Bennett. Flag is thrown. A ball that was a little underthrown, but Campbell never is able to get turned around to make a play. Pass interference. Defense. It's going to set up first and goal from the two. 19! Toss to White. He's in. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Brady has his fifth. What a comeback. Another look to make sure. James White driving. They've already shot off the confetti. Fans are on the field. And it looks like a good touchdown. Yeah, it does to me too, Joe. When the knee goes down, where's the ball? I don't know what they'd do if they had to overturn this, but it looked to me like the ball was across. And what an effort. By James White, who's had himself a heck of a ball. You notice I didn't play any clips from this last Super Bowl because Patriots didn't win that one. Um, you know, guys, that was that was the greatest comeback in, in Super Bowl history. Um, and it could have been one of the worst Super Bowl losses the Patriots ever had. It could have gone either way. And what they didn't do is they they didn't give up. And they passionately kept playing their trusted plays, staying in the game. And the outcome was very different. They really had this unlikely comeback that happened. And the trusted play that we're going to look at today, the second trusted play to look at this, is actually, it's the kind of thing that can lead to unexpected comebacks in our relationships. It can, uh, it's, it can kind of, it's really a way to not give up when things go wrong in a relationship. Uh, it's very common in our culture just to give up on relationships when they get hard. When you get hurt or other, or you hurt others. And it, and it seems, it seems easier to give up, but the results get harder and harder. And you wind up, when you keep, if you run the give up play, a lot of times you wind up having some really hard relationships around your life. And this, this play, this trusted play is actually a way to heal broken relationships and really make life better. And so we're going to look at today, uh, play number two in the series is clear up relationships is clearing them up, making sure you maintain clear relationships. Uh, bringing peace to relationships is really what it looks like just to be a part of God's family. Um, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. It's just it's just kind of an, it's an attribute of what our family is supposed to look like. What I'd like to do this morning as we get started is just take a little bit of time and, 
And look at something that David wrote, King David from the Old Testament wrote in Psalm 34. It's Psalm 34, uh, 12 through 14. It just says, Who is the man who desires life and who loves length of days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. You know, what he's asking, he's going, you know, who wants to have a good life? I don't know about you, but that, I'm in that boat. You know, it's like, who wants to have a good life? And he, he says, who wants to have the kind of life where you actually want your life to go a little longer so you can have more good in it? He's, he, what he does is he then he relates it back to how we treat people and the relationships that we have. And, you know, what he, what he says is, if you want that kind of life, you just you need to keep from using words to hurt other people, um, causing them pain. You uh, you need to keep from using deceptive words. You know, no, stop lying to one another. And he says you need to not do the things, not do the things, not just saying, but not doing the things that hurt other people, but really do good to others. And then he says seek peace and pursue it. He says really to aggressively seek peace. That word peace is the word shalom, which basically what it, what it means is just like a sense of well-being. Like your life, you know, it's including relationships, including everything in life. You just have a sense of well-being in your life. And really today, the one of the main points is this, and that is that good relationships are a major key to your sense of well-being in life. Good relationships are a major key to your sense of well-being in life. You know, when relationships are good, life's good. When relationships are bad, life really gets hard. And you look at what David had to say. One thing that, one thing that's true is that we all struggle. We all struggle with those things he talked about. We all struggle with saying things that hurt. You know, a lot of times in our families, the people we're closest to are the people that it's so, it's so easy to say things without really thinking sometimes and you can really hurt people. Uh, not being true. We all struggle with not being truthful. We all struggle with, uh, doing things that hurt other people. And, you know, we're, we're all imperfect people. And we don't always treat each other right. So that's saying like just a reality of life. But being a Christian doesn't mean you don't mess up. Being a Christian just means you clean up your messes. It just means you make things right when you, when you mess up. And, you know, if you, if you get into the habit of not clearing up relationship problems, what it does is it causes stress and hurt to grow in your life. And, and after a while, you can eventually start losing relationships. And that really makes life hard. Um, I, I know I know several folks that they're, one some of the struggles they're really having is in the area of relationships, and they get really hard over time. But you know Jesus doesn't want his family living like that. He really wants us to have good lives. He really wants us to have lives that really that do well. And in fact, he emphasized the importance of having good relationships. I'll take a look. Let's take a look at something Jesus said in Matthew five. He said this. He says, therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. One thing he's saying there is that reconciliation with other people is more important. Uh, it's actually, it comes before you can really connect to God relationally the way you want. Uh, and he, he, what he says is, you know, uh, another thing that you see here is that whoever, whoever notices that something's wrong is the one who really needs to take initiative. Whoever notices it is the one that's taking initiative. He says, you know, if you're there, you come to me, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave. Go take care of it with them, and then come back and let's connect. 
And, you know, in my own life, I, I, there's many times, many times I'll go out and I'll just uh, want to meet with God and have, just uh, have a devotional time with Him. And God will bring to my mind something that's between me and my wife or something that's between me and one of my kids or between me and the family. Sometimes I just say something harsh. Sometimes... Sometimes uh, it could be all kinds of things. Quite frankly, I mess up a lot. Um, and so what, what I have to do is I have to just walk in. I go in and I clear it up with them. And if I can't, if they're not home right then, then I, I make a point that I'm going to do that as soon as they get back. And then I go back out and I find that I'm actually freed up to really connect with God the way that I really wanted to. So it's just, it's very important to God that we really clean up our relationships and, and keep them clear. So how do you run this play in your life? How do you actually begin to really do that? I'd like to look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15, and then we're going to pull a, a few things out of that, and that'll be kind of the frame of what we say from here on out. Uh, Colossians 3, 12 through 13, it says, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And then the next, it says, Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, so to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. So first thing I'd like to pull out of that is just that we need to be consistently forgiving each other. We need to be consistently forgiving each other. You know, when we accept Christ and make him the boss of our life, there's a new person that's created inside of us. Um, and that person just can, begins to grow and develop to be more like what Jesus is like. And that's when he says, you know, grow in compassion, humility, gentleness, and patience. Those are really the attributes of Jesus. And that's really the way he, that's really the way he is. And so as we, as we grow up in him, we begin to have more and more of that. And then he says this, he says, forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone. Now, whoever has a complaint against anyone, that's kind of a catches everybody. You know, it's like whoever against anyone. I think that just covers just about everybody. And also one thing to keep in mind is that Paul was writing this to a community of people. And so what he, what the picture he had in his mind was a community where people were forgiving each other. So, you know, I'm forgiving you, but you're forgiving me. And there's this kind of this reciprocal uh, way of relating with one another where there's just forgiveness is just part of the way we rock and roll. And, it's just a huge, a huge part of just really what it means to walk with God is just to continually forgive each other as Jesus forgave us. So what do you do? How, what do you do if you've offended someone? I'd like to walk through like a, a couple of scenarios that, you know, kind of like how do you, how can you approach it if, if when you get sideways with someone and you have a clear relationship? So first one I look at is just like what do, you, what do you do if you've offended someone? What do you do if you've offended someone? I would suggest some of these things. And that is to pray. Pray and ask God for help and humility. Pray and ask God for help and humility. And also just for clarity on what you did wrong. Kind of like just that you could really see it clearly what it is you did wrong. And then, you know, don't blame them. It's so easy like, well, you know, if you weren't so overbearing, I probably wouldn't have done that. Well, that's not helpful. In fact, you'll be back apologizing for that. Uh, but yet don't, you know, try not to blame someone as you're, as you're trying to clear things up. Do not blame people. And then don't say things like, well, if you were offended, I'm sorry. And then it's like, well, you know, if, if you're that small <laughs> of a person, you know, it's, it's kind of the way that comes across. But just 
But just uh, and don't and don't try to explain like or justify like what what happened. Like um, you know, I, I was just really tired, and and so I did that. But just uh, you know, when you explanations are really not requests for forgiveness. You really the request for understanding. And when you want to clear something up, you really need to confess what you did wrong. And so you want to say something like this, something very simple. And, you know, identify what it is with the person. Actually get some, get some time privately. Ask to, ask to connect with them privately. And then, then, uh, say, say something like this, you know, what I did was wrong. Will you forgive me? What I did was wrong. Will you forgive me? And then wait for their response. You know, if they, uh, if they forgive you, just thank them for their graciousness. And what it does is just frees up your relationship right then. Um, if, if not, if they, they, they just feel like they can't forgive, then ask them questions like, what's more going on? There might be more going on there that you even really understand. Or maybe there's more things that are going on you're not, you're not sure about. And then if they, you explain more, then ask for forgiveness for those other things that they, that they bring up. And then they may actually, if they actually decide just not to forgive you, like they're just going to carry this, then forgive them for not forgiving you. And, and really just accept, accept that situation and pray for them over time that God would really soften their hearts so that they would forgive you. Uh, Romans 12, 18, uh, says, as if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. So just, you know, you, you, you do everything you can to bring peace to a situation. If you've done everything you can and someone doesn't, uh, offer forgiveness back, then you, you've done everything you can. And that's good. That's what God really wants from you. And like I said, pray for them. Now, you know, I, I had several years ago, we had a, we had a student, uh, a college student come stay with us for the summer. And, uh, it was just real good. He was actually there when Molly was born. She just started college, so you can kind of, you can do the math. Uh, it was quite a while ago. But she, uh, you know, he came there and I remember when we we're gonna have, we we're gonna have Molly, you know, Kate had already had one kid, so she kinda had it figured out this time. And so we went to, she's like, well last time I didn't eat, so I'm hungry. So you know, he comes with us and, and we go to this, uh, like Caro's. And I'm getting her something to eat. And as we're eating, she's going, I said, uh, are the contractions still five minutes apart? She goes, uh, yeah. And he's over there freaking out. He can't eat. He's like, you guys need to go. So, you know, he, he, just, he was very close connected to our lives. Shouldn't you go somewhere? And, you know, Kate just knew. She just knew. I have some things I'll never understand. But then it was like we left from there, and, and she wasn't hungry for 36 hours like she was the time before. But anyway, he was really close to us. And when as we ended the summer, I just asked him. I said, hey, uh, well, what's something you picked up around here? You know, what, what's something you saw? And he looked at me, and he said something I wasn't expecting him to say. You know, I thought he'd say, well, you remember that one time we were talking, and you said that really deep thing? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. No, he didn't say anything like that. He goes, he looks at me, and he goes, you, uh, you apologize a lot. <laughs> I had never thought of that. I said, well, you know, I mess up a lot. <laughs> I guess that's just the way it is. I don't know about you, but I mess up a lot. And so... Going, continue, keeping short accounts with people. It makes all the difference in your relationships with your family and with your relationships with other people. It's just when you, when you offend someone, when you mess up, quickly just approach them and, and ask them for forgiveness. It makes all the difference. 
Um, well, what, what if someone offends you? They've done something against you. What you have, what you need to do is you need to forgive them. Uh, just in the, in the view of how God has forgiven you, forgive them. And what I've done, what I've done when that, those kind of things happen is what I'll do is I think through what was my part in it. You know, I haven't yet found a time when I, someone had something against me or I had, or I had something against someone else that I didn't play some part in it. There wasn't like even just this small thing. And so what I do is I will just apologize. I will, I will identify that in my mind and I'll apologize to the person and ask them to forgive me. And a lot of times what happens is from their side, it's completely clear. And then when I forgive them from my side, it's completely clear and we're clear. And that's, that's, uh, that's, that's been very, very helpful for me. But if, but if you get, let's say something, something happens with somebody and you can't seem to let it go. It's something you're, you're struggling with. Maybe you don't understand what's going on. You just can't let it go. Uh, here's some suggestions on how you could approach that. You know, first of all, I would pray and I'd ask God for humility and a heart of reconciliation. Pray and ask God for a, for a heart of, hum, for humility and a heart of reconciliation. And just remember that the goal is a reconciliation is not being proven right. You just really want to, you really want to be reconciled with this person. And ask to speak with them privately. And you could say something like, uh, hey, I, I really value our friendship, but something happened and I'm confused about it. And then you could, you know, you could kind of talk about what it was. When, uh, when you let someone know you value the relationship right up front, it kind of, it opens up some space to talk. And say, you know, there's something that happened and I'm confused about it. And you can actually have a conversation. And then as you talked about it, you could say something like, I felt hurt when that happened. Um, was I mistaken as to what was going on? Like, did I really understand everything that was coming from your side? And when you, what you want to do is try to get away from you statements like, you made me feel bad. Because that's, it's just blame and it does not help. But if you say things more like I statements, like, hey, I was hurt when that happened. It opens up, it opens up the ability really to talk about what was really happening between the two of you. And then if they ask for forgiveness, really for just forgive them. Um, and, uh, if they, if, if it seems to be a bigger issue and it's still unresolved, then you might want to ask a, a wise mentor or someone that can really act as a mediator between you and them. That's something that'd be really helpful. And just help you guys just kind of hear each other, kind of understand what's going on so you can really get to reconciliation. It's very important. That we, that we keep uh, clear relationships. So the next, the next thing I want to pull out of Colossians chapter 3 is this idea of just earnestly loving one another. Uh, one thing he said was, beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. So in, uh, Peter said in 1 Peter uh, 4, he said this. He said, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. You know, when, when you, uh, when you really, when you have a heart of love towards other people, you can really let things go. You can really, there's little offenses that happen all the time as you're living life. You can let more of those go because love really covers a multitude of sins. It really allows you to, to relate with people. But how do you grow in that kind of love? How do you grow in that kind of love where you can really love others? Uh, I'd like to just tell a story, uh, from Luke chapter seven, uh, with Jesus. In Luke chapter seven, um, you can hold off on the on the slide if, if it's up back here. 
But in Luke chapter 7, uh, Jesus is, uh, he, he gets invited over to a Pharisee's house for dinner. And so he's over there hanging out. The guy's name is Simon. And uh, as they're eating dinner, this woman comes in, and she's someone who's really known as an immoral woman. Like everyone goes, well, I know what kind of gal she is. And so she comes in, and she comes down, and she sits down at Jesus' feet, and she's crying. She's weeping. And as she's weeping, she takes her tears, and she's kind of washing his feet and just being very tender. And Simon, it says, and Simon in his heart looks at this, and he goes, if this, if this guy were really a prophet, he would know what kind of woman that was, and he would not have anything to do with her. And uh, Jesus perceived what he was thinking, and he said this. He goes, Simon, hey, I've got a question for you. Let's say there's a money lender, and he, and he uh, lends money to two different guys. One guy he lends 500 denarii, and one guy he lends 50 denarii. And then after he thinks about it, he decides, I'm going to forgive them both. Neither one of them have to pay me back. He said, which one of those do you think would love him more? Then Simon goes, well, I guess, I guess the one who he'd forgiven more. He goes, that's right. He says, you know what? This, this woman who came in, he says, you know, I came into your house and no one ever washed my feet. And, but she came into the house and she hasn't stopped washing my feet with her tears since she got here. And he said this, he said, for this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many have been forgiven for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. That, that is a huge principle. When we, when we get really connected to how much we've been forgiven, when we get really connected to just really like how far, far, how far short of the mark we fall and how much we really need God and how he really has moved towards us in relationship and he really cares about us, it gives us a fund of love in our heart that we can actually do that for other people. And so to the extent that we really are connected to just how much we've been forgiven, the more you love that you really have towards God and towards other people. And really that's, it's being relationally connected with God and really enjoying your relationship with him that really gives you that kind of love. And then the third thing I want to pull out of Colossians chapter 3 would be this, and that is let the peace of Christ be the referee. Um, one In Colossians 3.15 it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And that, that word rule, what it literally means is act as a referee. It's kind of like blowing the whistle when you're out of bounds. And, uh, and that's what, you know, when the, when the peace of Christ gets blocked in your heart in a relationship, when the peace of Christ begins to leave the, the, leave your heart in a, in, as it pertains to a relationship around you, what you really need to do is just let that be the whistle that gets blown and say, and ask God, hey, what's, what's wrong in this relationship? Where do I need to clear this up? It may be, it may be that there is just a relationship that needs to be cleared up. And I've noticed that in, in my own life is, is that peace of Christ when it, when it begins to leave, ask God, like, why is that? Sometimes it's relational. Sometimes it's, you're not relating well or you have an unclear relationship. When we, when we develop a lifestyle of clearing up relationships, you really develop a real life of freedom. You're really able to relate to people. And uh, even people that have actually done some things against you in the past, but you're really freed up to really have really, uh, really relate to people. And your sense of well-being really grows in life. You really begin to grow a real sense of well-being. And you become more convinced that doing what God says to do is how life really works. 
you become much more convinced of that. And so as we, uh, as we wrap up this morning, you know, comebacks, comebacks when relationships get hard are unlikely in our culture because it's so common for, for people just to give up on relationships and things just get really hard for them. We tend to give up too quickly and just live with the results. But if we'll continually practice this play of clearing up relationships, then we'll have comebacks in our lives and we'll have completely different outcomes. So, you know, maybe this morning, maybe this morning you have a relationship right now that's causing trouble. You have a relationship right now that's having some trouble. And maybe you feel like you're in the middle of the third quarter, it's fourth down, and you just really can't uh, kind of see how this is going to end well. Well, I would, I would encourage you to not give up, but to keep running that relational play of clearing up relationships look and really clear that relationship up and move towards them in forgiveness like we've been talking about. And I think what you'll find is that you will begin having comebacks in your life. So with that, I'd like to ask, uh, I'd like to ask the band to, uh, go ahead and come back up. And if you haven't had time to, uh, finish filling out your connection card, uh, now's a good time to go ahead and finish filling that out. And, uh, I want to look just a couple of some next steps. Maybe for you today, you know, just thinking through relationships that I need to clear up. Just thinking through, are there some relationships around me that I need to clear up? Maybe it's something that hasn't been on your radar. And then the next thing, you know, maybe for you just to take initiative to clear things up with somebody. Maybe as I've been speaking, someone's come to your mind, someone that you're, uh, you really need to clear up a relationship with. Take initiative to really do that today. And then maybe there's something that God spoke to you that, uh, that I'd really just encourage you just to really put that into practice and really to act on what it is he shared. So let me pray for us and we'll get back to service. Dear God, Father, I, uh, just very grateful to you for uh, just the forgiveness in my life. And God, I just pray that you would really uh, help each one of us to connect to you relationally and really begin to love you much, much more and to be able to use out of that fun just to love for other people and, and get clear relationships. In Jesus' name, amen.